0: We are talking about the process of listening to God, the process of discerning, the process of decision making when there feels uh, anything but clear decisions. Um, and wrestling with the issues of racism we have in our country, wrestling um, with issues of COVID, and then generally uh, how in life we are we're constantly put into situations where we don't have clear answers. And for us, uh, Jesus has been a massive asset, and we just want to talk chat about that here today. So as we say anything and you have questions that pop up or comments please throw them into the chat and abby will uh, be looping in with us to make sure we catch those Um, i'd love to also introduce somebody uh, with us here today uh, who's part of our board um, helps out with our our kids church just an all-around awesome person that's going to help kind of uh, guide the conversation between possibly vince and i and if Uh, not, i'm here oh okay yes Yes. i'm here okay well no dramatic pauses in this because we will confuse that so you have to have a constant (laughs) uh verb so christina uh should just say hello to us and introduce yourself for a second hi
1: everybody thanks so much for letting me be a part of this today um i hope i bring some good questions to the discussion for you guys but um i feel like today is a great conversation i know tommy and i are having the same questions in our heads about how do we proceed with both moving our family out into the world and also what are our next steps for uh, working towards being anti-racist. So I'm grateful for the discussion today and uh, appreciate being a part of it.
2: Awesome, thank you, Christina. Uh, we've asked Christina in particular because we think that she's somebody who, uh, based on her background with faith and church settings, can ask um, uh, ask from a broad perspective of, and capture a variety of uh, diverse questions that our community might have, given that we come from different places religiously or how much experience we have with the idea of um, connecting with God and hearing from God. Uh, And so Christina's not afraid to ask hard questions. Uh, She's not afraid to ask for more clarity or better examples. And so that's why uh, we're excited that she'll be kind of uh, putting us on the spot here as we discuss this. Um, I just wanna throw out, like I I think that whenever we have conversations um, in religious settings about hearing from God, uh, it's often referred to in very like glib or unexamined ways, and that makes a lot of people feel really deficient. And so we just want to like set this out from the start of like most of the time it's just language and culture and background that makes some people more comfortable saying they have heard from God and other people less comfortable saying that. And we want to cut through that today. We want to make this feel like a, 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 a thing that just about any of us can interact with no matter where it is that we're coming from or what our background is. So with that, uh, with Abby uh, moderating and, and jumping in to help us with the chat and Christina um, will pass it on to you to take it away. Okay great well like you said we're talking about these two
1: huge shifts in our world right now how do we proceed to decide what's right for us as the world shifts as Chicago specifically moves into the next phase for COVID and also with all the protests and people wanting to move forwards as to become more anti-racist My- one of the questions is, so, you know, for personally, we have these rules, you know, you're, you're giving these guidelines, but as a family, we're trying to like get through all the clutter, right? All the noise. You have people saying, oh, we went to this restaurant or we're taking these, our kids to play dates. And it's really hard for us to figure out what's right for us. Um, so sp- specifically to COVID, um, I'm just wondering how do we hear Two things, how do we hear God through all of that? Um, how do we block out all the noise and really hear, hear his voice? And how do we how do we get back to ourselves? How do we trust those? That's a lot of questions. And then I have more on the anti-racist piece of that too. But um, yeah, those are my questions. How do we hear God through all the noise, all the misinformation, all of the opinions? How do we get to the point where we can actually hear him?
2: Yeah, and the and the uh, trusting ourself piece, I think, is is an important one there. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels really tied to this. Um, so, I mean, one th- one I think general idea that I would jump off of with your question there is something uh, we've we talked about before in our church, but the idea that God speaks to us through our own thoughts, and a lot of the anxiety around like what might God be saying to me, or what is the wise thing to do here. Um, centers around like distinguishing, like, was that God or was that just me? And I think a, like something that's been really helpful to me is seeing that as sort of, they, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Um, and so the, the, the most helpful thing that I have um, come across in terms of like, what does it mean to uh, be guided by God in everyday decisions or in those situations where there's no playbook, like we're talking about with you know, the, whatever wisdom you want to pitch me, like we've never been in this, in this situation before. And the idea that um, I'm, I'm looking to build a relationship with God and not just have single instances of hearing from God, because when you build a relationship as that like matures and grows, just like with any of our best relationships with people, you start to be able to like intuit what the other is thinking. Like it's non-verbals, you know what I mean? Like you're able to like you're able to, I'm able to tell that like, oh, the way to uh, serve my wife right now would be to do this because I can just tell, I just know we have enough backlog. Or like my, my, uh, my kids, like my kids are, um, are, have built relationship with me and are able to intuit when they are, You know, like to use like the, the religious phrase, like in God's will, like my kids are able to intuit when they're in my will and they don't even have to ask me, you know what I mean? Like, because we've built relationship and they can be like, oh yes, I'm doing something. Daddy, don't you want to see this? This is so cool, I knew you would like this. And uh, and and that's very like nonverbal. It's not really like there's like a, a loud voice speaking from the sky. And maybe that ends up being like people's first experiences of God often are much more louder and um, and bombastic, if you will, sometimes because you've never had that before. But as a relationship grows, It's actually not that the voice of God gets louder or more bombastic. It's actually becomes more subtle and it becomes more like my thoughts are aligned with God's thought. It's, and that's how God is speaking to me. So I actually think this piece that you bring up, Christina, like trusting yourself is actually maybe like the biggest thing. It's this idea of like, like God, the, the idea of the Holy spirit, this is what we're, this is the part of God that we're talking about right now is that it lives inside each of us. And we actually have access to that. We don't have to climb a mountain to hear from God. God comes to us, the, his spirit lives in us. And we can't, it, it's not so much distinguishing what's God and what's me, so much as it is like, you know, like learning to trust that relationship of like, oh, okay, we, we, we get each other, that kind of thing. Kyle, where, where does that take you?
0: You know, we talked about cutting through the noise. I think that <clears throat> that's part of the process is we have so much noise here with social media, you have so many things that are pulling for you uh, to consider what they are. You know, I can resonate as a parent. There's like this kind of this sense of both, uh, what do I think is best for my kids versus what is going to be judged by other people for my choices as well. Like and I think this is true in all of our lives and for social media, there's going to be a sense of the way we perceive our choices will be perceived. And I think a part of this process is quieting yourself to the noise of outside, quieting yourself to, um the voices that are feeling heavy and the judgments that we're trying to navigate through and the the fear and stress and anxiety that those brings and come to a place of quiet and peace and so you know to me this has been through the process when you were gone we just did one of the prayers that i do which is about quieting myself and walking from my brain down to my feet and trying to just relax and let go Um, And so it's prayers like that. It's prayers that are about just coming to a place where the literal noise, both through my eyes and I mean through my ears, and then the kind of noise visually through the things that I read are, are not the things that are dictating my decision, but rather I come to a place where I can stop and sit back and say what actually feels right to me and what actually feels like a wise decision. And then opening myself up humbly to say, God, I'm I, I'm not just predetermining a decision and then going for confirmation bias here. I'm actually wanting to choose what is best. Um, and then I, I think to me, that the place that that does start is getting into spaces uh, where our brain is just able to be quieter from all of the inputs and and, and then actually get to a place where we might be able to listen.
2: You know, if I can say one more thing, Christina, on that, mm-hmm. I have found that there's like a, a back and forth rhythm of um, finding the quiet spaces that Kyle is talking about. And then um, and then listening in real time, like when I'm in the midst of life, when a, a decision is like, some question is coming at me and I'm trying to figure out how to respond or some uh, conviction is there. Like I'm trying to figure out like, oh, this, this thing grabbed me. Is this something that's there for me in terms of my next steps of uh, anti-racism or whatever. Um, and I, I find that What's been, what, what's been useful to me is remembering that when I'm setting aside time to be quiet, um, I don't always hear God in that time, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it was not useful. Like it's actually like when I'm, uh, so my rhythm is I take a, an amount of time in the morning because that's just, I'm a morning person. And I do that. And I don't actually spend that time like actively asking questions of God or trying to listen or bringing things to God. I'm just spending that time like, meditating being quiet being mindful you know things that lots of us are are engaged in regularly because we know that's good for our health and i find that when i'm doing that i'm actually it's not like a, a like a perfect through line but it's like later in the day i am more able to intuit what's going on with god like wh- where he would where he would lead me in a given situation Be, and, and and it didn't happen when i was spent when i was in that time like i didn't ask the question then but i'm able to do it better later there's something about those two things happening in tandem that I think improves my ability to hear God when, I, when I'm when i not sure what to do or when there's like a a dilemma.
1: Mm-hmm. So I have, so two thoughts came to me for, and I, I, they're connected, but they're also not connected. I know that personally, when I am feeling uncomfortable, I want the noise in my head. I don't want to be left with my own thoughts. Mm. Um, you know, I go on a walk, it's, it's, it takes a lot of intention to leave my phone at home. And so discomfort is coming up in, our, in my personal anti-racist work. I'm working to bring, bring down my walls and not be defensive, really listen and learn and chew on it and, you know, go through the process. So when it is uncomfortable and I'm uncomfortable and, or anybody is uncomfortable, it's going to be a lot harder to hear God's voice. So you talked about like meditation and just having a conversation, but I know personally, my prayer life has been probably not very traditional. And I don't always, always know how to talk to God when I'm listening to him. So for someone who might not have the strong prayer life that you guys have, what signs do we look for? And, you know, meditation is just not part of my life personally. So I'm just besides a conversation, like, where do we, if anybody's looking for an actual place to start, where do we start? I know that's a lot. Um, but I'm thinking discomfort and then just, you know, starting your prayer life.
0: You know, I, I, I chuckled when you said people have a, as whatever, like as stronger, whatever prayer life as Vince and I. And I chuckled because <laughs> uh, I, 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 I have a very imperfect experience of prayer. And I think um, the truth is the place that we start in this is uh, by by seeking and just trying things. And I think that's the the biggest thing for me is the truth is where I feel like I – Hear God and understand and get to understand what he is communicating to me is it's kind of like constant experimentation it's just i'm just trying things out to see what the fruit they're bearing is um and so to me uh, the 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 general experience is trying to get to a place of quieting myself because um the noise around me makes it impossible for me to like even begin to discern is the thought that i'm having really just a a reiteration of you know something i read on facebook or is this like even a thought that i'm really You know wrestling with right now and so that that's part of it is is to me is just starting anywhere and and accepting the imperfection in it um and then experimenting and saying uh what's working and what's not working what fruit is this bearing and i think to me a lot of what it means to listen to god is trying to figure out what are the you know and i don't have experiences a lot that feel like clear booming like voice of god that's not what it feels like to me it is quiet uh promptings it is uh voices in my head that seem slightly more encouraging than my normal cynical mind would would speak to uh and and so The first step to me is just creating space and the second step to me has actually been trying to understand who the character of who God is so if I am hearing something in my brain, um, I actually can begin to have a, a discernment process of does that sound full of mercy full of grace full of self sacrifice full of inclusion full of care and mercy, if that's the case maybe i'll consider that this this is something that is outside of myself there's something going on here that's leading me in that direction um and so that's where i generally start is one of them is trying to get good at trying imperfectly and then the other one is trying to understand a little bit of like who if god was going to speak to me what what kind of tone or character would that come in and and then trying to listen out for things that speak like that
2: I like I like those two things to look for, Kyle. I'll jump on both of those. So first, your your first piece of like experimentation. I just I think that's that's the optimal word. Like the um. The, I mean, this is I guess what we what I'm what I'm getting at before of like there are so many ways that hearing God or relationship with God or prayer life are talked about that make so many people feel deficient because we just talk about it differently or because there's different levels of comfort even like bringing it up. And I think like one of my great missions in life is to to, to show people like you actually have more of a prayer life than you think you do. Like more things you're doing are prayer than you think. It's just that we don't always have the, we, we're not always told to to classify something as prayer. And I, so I think like the optimal words with prayer are experimentation, resilience is a word that I would throw out and, and not competence. Like, I just think we have to get out of like the judging prayer based on competence. We, we should talk about it in terms of resilience and experimentation that that's much better. So I love that point, Kyle. And then the second point of like, how, like, what does God's voice sound like? This is where I, th- I think you're right. It's like, we, ha- we have to, having the grounding in the center point of Jesus is so helpful right there because you can, like you, you there there are ways, like just kind of um, spending time reading uh, the gospels is a great way to kind of like get yourself more in touch with what, um, G- what God sounds like. You know, God looks like Jesus, God sounds like Jesus. Um, another thing that like, um, I mean, this is this is kind of why we we use um um the gospels or, or different scriptures that the gospels are grounded in um uh for our, our launching off points and our talks on sunday so one thing that you can that people can do is like go to our our website and go to the podcast page and then just search there's like you can search by like book of the bible uh in terms of like what we referenced that day and just search matthew mark luke or john the gospels and then you'll you'll like You'll get some chance to like, oh, remind yourself, like, oh, okay, this is Vince or Kyle talking about what God sounds like, because he's looking at something from the life of Jesus, um, and so like that—that's that's another thing. The other thing that I would—I've um, heard like three different, um, uh, maybe these are helpful or maybe they're 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 litmus tests for like how might God sound versus how might God not sound uh, when you're trying to cut through the the cruff and figure out what's going on. So the three that I'm aware of is the first one is, does it sound peace bringing rather than burden bringing? Um, and so uh, like, you know, classic kind of a conversation that we often have in this church is life giving or stealing life, you know, that's, that's, a, that's an important one. One, one uh, caveat to that that I'll throw in, is especially around the conversation of what are our next steps for anti-racism is that peace bringing is not the same as comfort bringing. Like you're talking about like the, the discomfort. Discomfort is actually can be very peaceful. Even though that doesn't sound right, right? Uh, because like comfort bringing is like you know like oh you know like hide you're okay you're fine. Uh, whereas peace bringing can be uh, can be really destabilizing in a good way, um, but uh, but it 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 has the it has the feel of um, of Jesus when he says I came that you that your yoke may be easy and my 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 uh, burden is light you know not heavy. And so if there's this thing that's like heaping shame on you and it's adding to the weight. That's not God, but if there's something that is like, hey, like I see you, I see you stepping into something greater here, and it's going to be uncomfortable, but you're go- you're going to like that. That's going to lead you to th- a life that you love more. That's peace bringing. So that's that's the first litmus test: that peace bringing, not burden bringing. Uh, the second one is um, encouraging and not accusing. And so, especially when it comes to um, things like uh, we're we're recognizing regret or re- we're recognizing mistakes that we've made. Um, is the voice that is convicting us about that, is it is it accusing us? Is it making us feel like a smaller person? Or is it making us feel like a bigger person? Because there's, look, we can be so, so much of a bigger person. Um, that is uh, another helpful witness test to understand. Like, what is the tone? You know, like, what's the, like, uh, I, I, I do a prayer practice every now and then where you're imagining like, what is what is Jesus's um, facial expression when you hear that? And and if, if your sense is that like, God is like a librarian, like looking down over the rim of his glasses at you, you're probably not hearing God. But if, you're, if your sense is like, hey, this is, this is like a, a, a trustworthy mentor, you know, this is a God, this is somebody who has my best in mind as they're encouraging me to take steps toward being a bigger human being, that's mm-hmm. good, that, that's likely God. And then the last one I'll throw in is um, it, uh, true feeling rather than argumentative. I really like this one. It, it's, um, so like argumentative voices in my head, they have to like stake their claim and they go in circles and they, and they're like, they're, they're really like hyper vigilant, And it's kind of tied to that, like peace bringing burden, bringing, like it, it feels like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do? I have this stack of papers and it's making its argument and it feels so overwhelming. And I don't know what to do with it. Whereas when God speaks, it's very true feeling. Uh, it's, it doesn't need to like argue its case. I, I there's a, a quote that I wrote down for my notes here from uh, E. Stanley Jones. And he says, uh, we are usually just hearing our subconscious if what we're hearing in our head is argumentative, trying to convince us of something, but the voice of God has a weight or authority to it. It doesn't need to argue to make its point. And I like that. I, I, I think that that feels tied to that peace bringing thing. So I don't know if those three litmus tests feel helpful.
1: I do and I like the comment at the end about it having weight to it it kind of reminds me of a weighted blanket and the calm that comes yeah. when you have that on you um, so I do like that and I like those you know, I feel like this is a time where a lot of us are unlearning things that have just been ingrained in us from birth and before even that and with that unlearning comes looking at what fear what role fear plays in society and in our lives. And I know as someone who grew up Catholic, I feel like that faith uses a lot of fear to get people to do things. And I know that systemic racism has a lot of fear in it too. Um, white people letting go of their fear to make room to be inclusive at the table, to let go of the idea that if, if things are truly equal, then you know suddenly we're losing. and so in this time of unlearning how do we let go of our fear and how do we let go of this idea that god uses fear you know if i agree with you it's not this booming voice and he's not looking down on you with the glasses on the tip of his nose but i do think that a lot of us were taught that there is That's so you ingrained fear god
0: yeah. yeah you know somebody who grew up with more evangelical roots uh, we had plenty of fear living in there as well uh and i think that's because we as humans um like fear is one of those big things that just kind of clouds out the rest we 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 feel like fear uh it, it produces more fear like the reason why people often use fear to teach you is because of the fear they're feeling you know it's it's kind of this perpetual cycle and i think to me when i think about a lot of the the things you're talking about the the unlearnings uh the the like feeling like what's god uh, speaking to me you know at the heart of all of this I think the piece that is maybe the most important to hold on to is uh, really deep humility. And that uh, the humility of saying, I might be getting this wrong, and the humility of recognizing that if I don't stop and listen and reflect, I am probably seeing an imperfect picture of the world. No, I absolutely am seeing an imperfect picture of the world. And so to me, uh, one of the other tools of like, do I feel like this is Jesus or not Jesus is, uh, is this something that is challenging some of my own uh broken lenses so like you know i I recognize for myself that I you know, have a lot of lenses in this world of seeing the world through it, uh, the picture of a white guy. And so if I hear a voice that is maybe challenging some of those underlying assumptions and lenses, uh, to me, it carries a, a greater sense of weight. But it's because it's, it's not just confirming what I would already default to think. It's actually challenging that. But it's not challenging it in a like a, you're a terrible human being, Kyle. How could you not understand what it's like to live in an oppressed experience? It is a, Kyle, I love you so deeply, and you're missing something here and I want you to see a better picture of life and so I need you to take a step back and recognize that although your intentions are really great you're missing the importance of your impact here and I'm like oh okay you know like that to me is and like you know we talked a lot about uh, in the chats they're asking questions some questions that I think are really important which is people using the the phrasing of like I heard from God or God said in ways that feel very challenging and i will say i very rarely say like god said this or uh and i think it's because do i think that god speaks to me absolutely but it's i'm also greatly aware of how imperfect my perception is at times and so i need to walk forward with humility when in those experiences because there there's often many other layers of things that are speaking to me in that process and so uh i think two of the tips i can offer people in terms of listening to god is uh like resisting the sunk cost fallacy of like and and more leaning into experimentation which is like if you're like i think maybe this is something god's behind and it's going terribly and it's not not just like it's hard and uncomfortable but like the fruit of it looks evil the fruit of it it looks broken there's a sense for us to say well no i made this choice because i thought i heard god because saying this. God
2: said it. Yeah.
0: exactly but you know if the fruit of it's going poorly you know rather than defend that you heard perfectly maybe it's a time to to take a step back and recognize you may be just reacting to uh the sunk cost fallacy which is i've already spent so much on this how can i really turn back now um and i i, I think that that is it's an important thing to just own our own imperfections and own that we are often missing things I think,
2: um, breaking down the fear, there's a big role that community plays in that, Christina. Um, like, we, I mean, and so in, in one sense, like I think it's, in this, the, uh, Kyle was mentioning, like, we actually, so I mean, there's like a little tick that maybe you can find from each of us, but we actually rarely ever claim something officially was from God. I don't think we've ever done it. I think we always relativize it. We always, like, say it subjectively. I feel like God said, or I feel like God might have said, and we do that every time. And that's not a like that. That's a very intentional choice on our part, like because we we know that there are situations, there are uh, systems, there are communities that um, that wield that as though it's you know like with great authority and like you're and and, oh the pastor said it so it must be true, Um, and that really feels like like a bad use of community in our part because what we have to do is model a place where we are uh, uh, humbly um, uh, trying to cooperate with God. And I think like what that leaves space for more is like, God, God really wants to cooperate with us. Like it, it is, it, it is this, this isn't, it's not this big, like, you know, if you're doing the wrong thing, you are, or, or the, I, so I often think of um, uh, yellow lights, God speaks in yellow lights more than red and green lights. And I just think like kind of, like, we're all wired to like, if we're looking for guidance. So even if we're looking to, you know, some friend or some mentor, like we're like, tell me, is it a red light or a green light? And we just want to, but the best mentors, we all know, they always like, well, it's kind of a yellow light. You know, it's a, it's a little bit of this and a little, if you go for this, this is what, you know, these are the pros and cons. If you don't go for this, here's the pros and cons. What, you know, what what, what do you feel? And, and God does that with us too. God is the best mentor there could be. God is the best spiritual director we could have. And so I feel like the, um, there's this sense of like, uh, a fearful uh, voice will give us a green light or a red light, but a voice that is looking for us to grow and to actually like become more of ourselves is going to look for cooperation. It's going to give us yellow lights and say, it's your choice. I, you just ask me to bless like wh- where, where you go. And then, you know, stay humble with me as you go along, as you, as you, as you pay attention, like Kyle was saying, but, you know, like there's no shame in backing out or changing or, or, or doing those sorts of things. And then the other thing that, the reason I I bring up community is because like, it's how a a community all together facing each other creates space for people to experiment and create space for people to try this out and create space for people to get it wrong and and to humbly, you know, kind of like bounce those things off each other, create space for people to feel comfortable enough to say, like, I think I might've heard God say X, Y, or Z. What do you think about that? How does that match with your experience? Um, You know, like all of those things are, are ways to dial down the sense that, like, hearing like that, God is this is this you know stern librarian up in the sky, and uh, and and so I, I mean all of that's going to make us more likely to turn to God, and I think it's going to make us more practiced at doing that with other people and learning from each other.
0: You know, just to jump off that, I think uh, the yellow light thing was one of the, the most helpful things for me to notice is um, uh, it's kind of a, a sense of like you know what i could bless that it's kind of the answer that i yeah. get some should i do this it's not a yes go do this it's like yeah god could bless that you know i actually think about uh vince had before i was in had already said he was like we're gonna start a church and then we had some conversations and he was like hey maybe should we do this together and michelle and i went and prayed for a long time about it and we got back a definitive yeah if you want to do that I, you know i'd probably bless that uh and it wasn't like a yes you ha-, and it was it was like this lines up with things i care about this lines up with my skills this could be really exciting and it was like yeah do it for a couple years and then evaluate and i did it and the reason we kept going and the reason for me that it's a sense of like i feel like god spoke in that was not that it was a definitive green light up front it was a yellow light and every time that i stopped and reevaluated, it felt like the fruit of this is good we should absolutely keep going the fruit of this is good but i think that there's a lot of insecurity in us as people to say that we make choices without like absolute certainty and so i think we need to just get a lot more humble and a lot more uh willing to analyze our experiences to say did this actually bear out well and if yes that's great uh opposed to just like did god say this or did god not say this or i'm gonna make a choice that i wanted to make anyways and then i'm gonna say i did it because god said to do this like these are it's it's a there's much more humility and much more like uh experimentation and evaluation i've felt to be true in this.
2: And, and the yellow light thing, what that allows us to do, if, if every one of those yellow light experiences, we're, we're actually like in our own minds classifying as I, I may have heard from God here, what that does is it builds the log of relationship with God. And so then we actually, like that, the thing that we started with today is part of the reason that I think so many of us feel deficient or feel like we're incompetent or like not doing it right with prayer life is like, Again, we're actually praying all the time or we have the opportunity to classify things as prayer in our brains all the time, but we just don't do it. And so we don't believe that we have the relationship we actually have with God. We've actually spent time in God's presence a lot. And if we would own that, if we would like embrace that and say, oh, oh wow. Oh God, you've been here, you've had here quite a bit. And you've we, we've been, I think I've heard you actually and I just thought it was me, but it was you too. And, and I think what that allows us to do is is built like, again, if, if, if the, the way that God's guidance happens most is the, like the way that happened, that, that, uh, relationships happen most is the, the unsaid, you know, the deepest relationships we have, it's the nonverbals, It's the things that we can just tell. It's the things that we don't have to talk. We just can see each other and understand if that's like the way deepest human relationships happen. That's the way deepest relationship with God can happen. And so that's what we're shooting for. We're not looking for huge bombastic green lights or red lights. We're just building that log of experience where it's just like, oh my gosh, like I never realized but very instinctively, very intuitively, my thoughts are God thoughts.
1: Yeah, I like the yellow light idea a lot. Um, one thing I was thinking about when you were talking about this is that in order to settle ourselves and hear God's voice, hear God's blessing, I, I feel like it requires a lot of self-reflection so does deciding what is right for your family, for yourself moving forward in this next phase with COVID-19. It also is required when doing anti-racist work. So what happens when you feel completely confident where you stand and you maybe are teetering on, oh, maybe I have it wrong. Maybe I thought I was self-reflective, but really, I'm taking in everything that everyone is telling me that I trust, and that's not right. So my question is what, if you're just starting the journey of self-reflection and don't even really know what the word unlearning could mean for your life, what's a first step? So that you can start to clear away the clutter and believe in yourself and listen to your gut again Instead of the world.
2: Great question. And I'm just gonna throw out before uh, we throw out some responses, just a, a timing note. We probably have time sorry. for Abby to jump in and then we'll be and then we'll be bring it to a close. Sound good, Christina? Yes, cool. sorry. <laughs> no, no.
0: It, it's Vince and I that are doing the talking. It's not on me. <laughs> Uh, but, I, you know, I think what's really important in that is the process of un- so the process for me of listening to God it, at its heart is a sense of understanding myself better and in turn, understanding God better. And and I think uh, if we're at the beginning of this process, I really do think that the place we need to start is acts uh, is prayers of humility, prayers of not not self uh, defacing, not throwing shame and guilt on ourselves, but prayers of humility that says, God, I have blind spots. I am absolutely missing something. Help me understand this better, because the stakes of me getting this right are not me being—that's not where my value is. My value is found in your affirmation of me, and so I actually want to have a richer life. And so I think I think it is—it is, can be as simple as God. I know that I have things wrong. I, there's something that I don't—I'm not understanding well about the world by the nature of being human what is the help me understand right now what i might be missing and i think that that's that is a big piece of it i think for some of us maybe the first place to start is is professional counseling that maybe we do have so many things that are happening in us that it's actually without help we, we actually really struggle to do that self-understanding. Maybe for some of us, it's just in the context of uh, of community and friends. It's sharing for with each other how we, uh, you know, we talk about the role of that friend that helps us think about ourselves more and letting God work through that process. Because, uh, you know, I actually I think certainty is the enemy of growth. And unfortunately, so much spirituality in our country has actually created a more certain, less critical thinking, less open minded person. But -hmm. the truth is, growth is found in uh, assuming you don't understand things and actually recognizing that I do have things to learn. And maybe certainty is not the end goal of faith, that relationship with God and growth is. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, the more we can um, decouple. Um, the the negative experiences that any of us have had in religious settings with God's voice, the better. Um, because, I mean, it's, it, there's just, there is so much loaded in when whenever we're talking about anything spiritual, because all of us have experienced that in a context, in a church or in a community or in a culture that talks about those things. And even our own, even Brown Line Church's culture, we're going to get things wrong. And we're going to like, you know, give off messages that our children are going to have to unlearn someday. And so again, like just holding, you know, holding everything really lightly is the most important thing that we can do to uh, create a community that can better hear from God, each of us individually, but also as a collective, uh, because the, if we get into the you know, like there's, there's a difference between having to go through unlearning when some, when your grip on what you did learn had, was like a vice grip and having to go through unlearning, which we will all have to do when you learn to hold things loosely. And like, we are all going to have to do unlearning. There is no way around it. My children are gonna need therapy. I just know it, you know, like, just like I do. And, uh, and the, but the, but the, if I can create a system or 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 develop for them an image of holding all of the things lightly, then I think then that is where we're gonna get to a point where the unlearning is, it doesn't have to be terrifying and it doesn't have to be wounding to the point of like shutting us down entirely. We can we can we can work through those wounds. We can resiliently get back up again, and uh, and and see them shaping us for the better. And I think you know like what what we uh, I, I like what Kyle said of like God's hearing God's voice and understanding our own like what is our own walk of personal reflection and personal growth. I mean they are they're intricately linked. And so anytime we're doing one, you know if I can. Again, if I, if I can get on my soapbox and just say, I want everybody to categorize more activities in their life as prayer, because I think you're all praying all the time. Like anytime you're doing therapy, anytime you are doing positive self-reflection to like decouple any bad message you've received from, from possibly God's voice, the God of the universe, that makes you more likely to hear God. That, that is prayer, that puts you in relationship with God. Um, so I, I'm gonna call that prayer.
1: That makes sense. Abby, are you seeing anything that any takeaways that you'd like to share with us from the chat?
3: Yeah, um, first of all, there is a very thoughtful, smart and reflective group on this chat. So I will hope to synthesize some of their thoughts. But um, there's really this idea of sort of like competing Jesuses. So the Jesus that we know to be really political and supportive and always Wanting equity and love, and on the side of the um, uh, on the side of the oppressed always, um, and the Jesus that people claim as a way to exclude and shame.
2: Mm. Um,
3: and so, you know, there's a kind of a understanding that people um, are talking about of having that, like, Jesus will always be on the side of those who are oppressed, and that will transcend religious denomination. Um, but seeing, you know, comments on social media or from close family about people hearing God um, and having such um, resolute and absolute ideas about what that means, um, there's a lot of kind of doubt and discomfort that comes into that. Like, how do you challenge the people that you love about such deeply held problematic beliefs that are also tied to your own? Um, wow.
2: oh. lots, of,
3: lots, of, lots of questions and, um, you know, obviously challenge, like that's really challenging when there's, you have this sort of truth about who, you know Jesus is and at baseline just wants good for people being so at odds with what a lot of people will say about who are.
0: That's great. Uh, you know, I think of two two quick thoughts around that. One of them is uh, I often laugh that like WWJD, what would Jesus do is like really what would the culture I grew up in do. And it's a sense, there's a big difference between operating out of an ideology, operating out of a belief system, which is un- what a lot of faith is in our country. They're belief systems. So they're, they're like, do I believe these? And then you do like a, you know, an, an org, not an org chart, a flow chart. A uh, flow uh, chart. Yeah. A flow chart of, well, if I believe this, then therefore this, and then therefore this, and then therefore. LGBTQ shouldn't be included you know what I mean there's like a like and there's a very different process of pausing and developing an actual interactive relationship with God ourselves and trying to stop and, and develop those things and then but we should also be very careful in our own humility that that just as we can see the blind spots of other people really profoundly, other people are probably able to see our blind spots pretty profoundly and if we're not doing active work of owning our own blind spots then it is like we're missing things too and and which which gets me to the place of saying one of the best things i think we can do at getting to listen to jesus is practicing listening in general like learning how to truly listen to other people helps us then listen to ourselves and helps us then listen to jesus and if we assume Like, this is why I love communion so much. We assume that we are people that have needs we can't meet ourselves, that we have flaws and shortcomings that we can't just overcome. And therefore we need help in that. And we pursue that honestly, then I think that we will actually find a life that is more alive with hearing with God, find a life that is more able to actually find the change and wants than we want in the world, rather than becoming people that really just got our beliefs down. And we know what those beliefs are. And we know what the flowchart of those beliefs lead to.
2: And I want to say that I don't think that that makes us any less aggressive when it comes to fighting social injustice. Like, I think that what Kyle is talking about, is not um, be, you know, is, is not like being meek and mild, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think, I think it, what that allows you to do is when, when we get it out of the system game, when we get it out of it has to look like this, uh, what it allows us to do is respond appropriately in the moment. And that's why we're talking about, this is the Holy Spirit side of God. This is like, this is the, it is, it, 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 he, the Holy Spirit lives inside us in particular moments when we, you know, like, there, again, we're, we're, what we started with is like, there's no playbook. There's no, like, glossary that I go and, and find, you know, like, where does it say what to do with global pandemic? And when I'm wondering whether I should, you know, meet friends at a park and like, what is the level of social distancing that's appropriate? here? We don't know. And so what you need is actually something that is flexible, that is dynamic, that can live in the moment. And that's, I think, the power of believing in a God that is also spirit, that, uh, that we, we do not, we are not left to our own devices. We are not left as orphans, as Jesus said. Like we, we have the idea of like every, every human being has access to this idea of like, if I can slow down, if I can cut through the noise, I may find God guiding me for this moment. Um, and, that, and that's again, like that, that's very different than punting back to a system which says, you know, well, you know, if this, then that, therefore this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, as we close out this part, are there any takeaways that you'd like us to think about as we walk away, or questions that you'd like us to be asking ourselves for the week? That
2: I would say, start small, um, if if you, or, or start wherever is, is right for you. You know, like figure out what the nearest on-ramp to you getting on the highway is, and take that. And so. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm a big believer in like that rhythm of like having a set aside time, but then also trying to listen in the moment. And if we, if we do both, we improve at both. Um, So if five minutes feels like the right amount of time for you to start with, you know, with like a set aside time, awesome. If it's 10 minutes, great. If it's 15 minutes, great. Uh, 20 minutes is like what the, the, um, the contemplative mystics in the Christian tradition really point to. Uh, They like say, if you do 20 minutes um, at a time, that's like a, I don't know they they call it the holy amount of time which kind of feels crazy but they they know more than i do so maybe 20 minutes if that's helpful to you um but but yeah start start at the on-rent that feels right
0: for you yeah i think my the thing that i would leave with is uh that when we create space um I, i i think it's just all upside and i think that this is the sense of like uh if we assume that what we're hearing is God and try it out. Usually the, the, the stakes of that are pretty low if we are trying it out in a humble way. So like, if I have a sense of like, Oh, I wonder if uh, you know, God might be, but a lot of times it's like Vince came to my mind. I wonder if I should just send him a text message. Like maybe that's God the stakes of that are usually pretty low, but just yeah. trying things out and trying to see what they look like uh, has often been kind of the most fruitful, like building processes here. Um, and then I would say actually the, the one last thing is if you have any trauma damaging uh wounding from previous religious experiences that i i i do think that there's a, we need to get some healing first because our own wounding and trauma makes it really hard for us to cut through that noise because every time i'm trying to listen to god i'm actually just hearing that really broken wounded ideology that i experienced at one point in my life so if you identify with having some religious wounding I would say one place to start is is to be look for some healing look for some counseling uh, to do that processes and I think as we work through those woundings um, I think our ability to listen actually gets sharper
2: awesome well thank you Christina for guiding us through that and and uh, being everyone's questioner and uh, and thank you Abby for for fishing through the the comments to help us here uh, this was great. What a great conversation. I'll look forward to where we uh, what we talk about next in the uh, midweek podcast. Let me ask uh, 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 Barbie Cunningham if she'll pray for us as we kind of let this all sort of settle in our hearts and, hey, we're all gonna be praying. Isn't that great? More prayer to log in our list of relationship with God.
4: Thank you, Vince. And I left the kids out there with the TV for a few seconds. Delicious hope that everything... Eh, you know, that they're alive. But um, yeah, so I want to thank you, Jesus, because you love us. And there are things that we can control, like trying to pray for five minutes a day or um, practicing anti-racism and um, finding practical ways to connect with people, to go to protests or to kind of follow um, what you've put in our hearts. And I thank you, God, because you have created us. You have made our heart the way it is. There are things that we are passionate about that you have placed in us. And I pray that we can trust that process, that we can trust uh, the DNA that you've implemented in each and uh, every one of us in such a creative way. And the things that we can't control allow us or teach us, you know, that, that we can kind of learn to let go of that control um, and allow you to love us so that we can later love others as well. So just teach us to love the way that you do, God. Um, give us that discernment to walk this life from uh, from a place of love and not fear, from a place of trusting you and not falling into cynicism like Kyle was saying. Um, I think because we can choose to trust that you are a better God than we than we are, and sometimes we try we try to help you um, out of desperation or out of a place of fear, out of a place of mistrust. So align our hearts to to that love, unconditional love that you give, to that trust that that we had when we were children. Um, and as we learn to grow in your love, uh, use us to to encourage, to comfort, and to strengthen um, our brothers and sisters, our neighborhood, our family, and and even to encourage comfort and strengthen ourselves when we need it through self-care, through being kind to ourselves so that we can be kind to others too. And um, God, you say that we are sufficient, that we are loved, that we're enough, that you're with us. So um, I pray that you won't let our incredulousness, get in the way of letting your powerful words sink into our hearts when we need it the most. And I thank you, God, because um, your son, Jesus, and your Holy Spirit, and you, your, tr- your trinity doesn't discriminate. You lift us up, and you teach us to be humble at the same time. We mm-hmm. just pray that the lens that we see through or the compass that we use to kind of know where to go to discern who you are how you see us and where you can where we can join you to help the broken and the oppressed the tired that you can be that that compass that direction that we use and may we be encouraged and realizing that we know your heart more than we think that we can trust that the work that you're doing in our hearts is good and that you will answer when we call to you. I thank you, Jesus, because you love us and you have made us this way. In your name, Jesus. Amen.